Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 576, Teaching Chrome, Ipsodixitism. We've got some jokes for you in the classroom. We're going to talk about Ipsodixitism today in the classroom, and uh, hopefully we've got some other wonderful things that you can use this week. Without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean Megger. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? Uh, I am slightly tired from the snow, oh. but but one of the best investments I was able to make is a yeah. snow blower. Because let me tell you, that snow a little bit heavy, long driveway, all done. God, at nice. least until. <laughs> although, uh, when I say all done, not technically all done because it's still snowing so you know oh how are you i'm doing great i have not yet done my snow it, it ended at about four o'clock this morning and uh it's about uh it's about the fluffiness of concrete right now so uh, there you go yeah yeah so um there there was a guy who was trying to sell me a broken protractor Really? Yeah, I just never could figure out what his angle was. I got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I um, see it. You know, the key to a great joke is not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Ah, boy. Uh. Oh. <laughs> oh boy! Took a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to come full circle mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> yeah, that one leaves you a little hungry for more, right? It does. It does. It hit my uh, eye like a giant pizza pie. Yeah, it was hot out of the oven. Hey, did you hear about the dog that went to the flea circus? The dog that went to the flea surf- circus. Yep. Really? Yeah, it stole the show. Oh, they're going to say something about concession stand. <laughs> hey, here's a fun fact. Ancient teachers, when discussing a very important idea, would repeatedly dip the sharpened end of their stylus in honey. So their words would be sweeter? Why, why, why would they do that? They felt it was necessary to belabor the point. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stick to it. Yep. What did the linebacker say to the flight attendant? The linebacker to the flight attendant. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. What what did they say? Put me in, coach. Um, you know, uh once I did think I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out I was mistaken. Oh, sure. So <laughs> Next we have, we've been talking, I've been talking a lot about the pandemic impact on students. Been talking about that with a lot of uh, teachers, uh, a couple of administrators, um, a couple of people, I don't know if they're a teacher or administrator, because it's been a social media kind of discussion as well. And part of this is the whole 
the balance between kids these days, right, that which is uh, as old as his, his, historical writing. So how much of the behaviors that we're saying are kids these days versus how much is actually pandemic impact? Because, you know, it did have an impact on kids. Kids didn't interact with each other. Uh, and we've talked about this in previous shows as well. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, fights being uh, fights being up and kids doing the concept of school and um, all of that. And it's always hard to know because <laughs> throughout history, you've gotten certain classes <laughs> that just... How can you say this? You've gotten certain classes which really provide you with an opportunity to stretch your pedagogy and strategies to the max because they they love and require as much love and skillful instruction as possible. Right? Yeah. 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 Um <laughs> What you said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, we've, we've, we've all had those those classes that provided us with those opportunities. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And the question is, <laughs> if you get a class like that right now, is that pandemic related, or is that just, you know, <laughs> um, there's a comic strip, uh, you know, Peanuts, where you know Charlie Brown gets a box of rocks. <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes, sometimes the gifts that you get are a little different. So the mm-hmm. the question becomes, you know, is the the classes and the behaviors is it pandemic related? Is it natural? Just just a different group of kids, you know, kind of what is it? So not only have we been having that discussion, but Dave Bidlowski has also. Really? Yeah. So this week, he's got uh, a wonderful podcast. This is the pandemic impact on students from Dave Bidlowski with the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the January-February 2023 issue of The Science Teacher, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association, and I read the Editor's Corner written by Anne Haley McKenzie, and she wrote an article entitled, Did the Pandemic Impact the Brains of Our Science Students? She wrote that, Once schools reopened, educators noted differences in students' emotional and psychological states. A recent study in the journal Biological Psychiatry, Global Open Science, found that teen brains aged prematurely during the pandemic. The paper states that teenagers' brains aged several years in just a few months during the isolation and stress of the pandemic lockdown. The pandemic has become a seminal event in the lives of Gen Z students. The paper suggests the pandemic caused similar effects to the decision-making and emotion centers of the brain as chronic, toxic, and damaging stress. 
They've seen and experienced their students being more easily frustrated, lacking resilience, giving up on more challenging problems, and being distracted by their phones more so than pre-pandemic levels. Tracking the brain development of more than 209 to 13-year-olds in California in 2016, the researchers then compared brain development after a 10-month-long lockdown in 2020 of the now 13 to 17-year-olds. The study tested how students were affected by the widespread social isolation, financial instability, school disruption, family dynamics, and health stresses. The study focused primarily on white and Asian students of high socioeconomic status. Children from marginalized communities may have experienced even more significant differences given the adversities they face, such as poverty, food insecurity, financial insecurity, and other situations, but they were not included in the study. Ian Gottlieb, lead author of the study, stated, we know that early adversity and stress can accelerate biological aging and brain maturation. It wasn't so much the direction of the brain aging that surprised us. It was how pronounced it was for such a relatively short period of time. Students experiencing lockdowns showed three to four years of premature aging in their brain's hippocampus, amygdala, and cerebral cortex. These areas of the brain are associated with concentration, memory, learning, and emotional regulation and impulse control as children mature. Research on trauma on children shows the many adverse effects trauma has on the brain. Students affected by trauma include those who experience chronic poverty or abusive situations, are neglected, have incarcerated parents, or are in other deleterious environmental situations. We know children experiencing abuse or neglect show premature aging in their brains. This aging manifests itself as a thinning of the cerebral cortices and enlarged hippocampus and amygdala areas of the brain. As a result, these students face a higher risk of memory and learning problems and may be why we're seeing skyrocketing cases of anxiety and depression among our students since the pandemic. Gottlieb's findings don't mean that teenagers won't be able to recover academically or emotionally post-pandemic. The brain has the ability for plasticity and can adapt to new information. Gottlieb and his team plan to scan the brains of these teens again when they turn 20. Will their brains return to pre-pandemic development? Is this a temporary response? Is it a permanent impact on their brain? How can this study inform our science teaching? We must realize our students' brains are different than they would have been had there been no pandemic. Their frustrations, lack of patience, lack of resilience, and apparent apathy are real and related to the changes in their brains. This knowledge does not make our jobs any easier, but it does help explain what we've been seeing in our science classrooms. We must be cognizant of students' ability to focus on the science they are experiencing in our classrooms. We must strive to spark their imaginations with phenomena-based lessons that draw them into an event or situation that seems discrepant or intriguing, especially if it centers around where they live. By infusing mysteries surrounding authentic situations, students can become interested in the topic presented. If, however, 
we continue to teach in a lecture-driven manner, our students' brains are not provided with the impetus to change and make up for the time loss in the pandemic lockdown. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. So, you know, they're doing some brain studies, and brain studies are things that we couldn't do before. So it's kind of interesting that brains aging prematurely during the pandemic. So kind of, kind of interesting. And there's some more, you know, you can, there, the, he did provide some additional information and that information is on the website over at middleschoolmatters.com. So you can click on there and check that out as well. Um, Cause that's like actual research research and not just, um, my ranting or my experience so you know mm-hmm. so we both had did you have any snow days this week or well you know we were off by about uh, six hours um... I would say if the, if the concrete had fallen six hours earlier yesterday I think we might have had yesterday off but Otherwise, no, and it's not been super cold. Matter of fact, it's been unusually warm for for Michigan um, this year, this season. So we've had lots of rain and lots of ice, but a couple ice days, but no, no real snow days. And really, by this time of the year, I mean we could get one, but it's it's that's you know uh, winter's back is broke, and spring was March first, and I don't see us getting much more snow here. Okay. So you kind of had a get smart moment, right? Missed it by that much. Yeah, that much. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We obviously, today being Saturday, as we're recording, um, we had a remote day on Tuesday. Oh. How'd that go? So, well, well, I (laughs) I was able to do all my work. (laughs) You know, remote mm-hmm. days are <laughs> incredibly similar for me, except I don't drive. <laughs> so, you know, I do. I mean, I mean, I say that, but most days I do do I do interact with teachers and students and 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 that. But there is a chunk of my day where um, what I do can be done from anywhere, kind of thing. So. So, yeah. You also had a crossword puzzle. <laughs> for I did. The kids this week. So, um, and you had a fun incident with the crossword puzzle. If you can, you want right. yeah. you want to lay the lay the environment for the crossword puzzle and and what sure. those doggone little. Um, unexpected creatures did they did they 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 were i'm really happy they did it but it, yeah it, 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 it's, <laughs> so i should i should preface this with uh weta our weta testing was last week mm-hmm. for seventh grade weta is the english language learners test that uh, our kids have to take to prove that they are um learning english mm-hmm you have to pass it three years in a row in order to stop taking the test. The kids hate it. It is really, really simple. It's not very hard at all, is what I'm told. 
uh, the things I've seen uh, tend to back that up. So I understand that. Um, so normally we would do a rotational activity where each of us takes about 20, 25 kids. And then about every 20 minutes we rotate them because we have to take the kids that don't take the test mm -hmm. and do something with them. They can't be in the rooms where the kids are taking the tests. I get it. Totally understand that. So we get them down in the cafetorium or the auditoria, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> and, um, we're down there. And, and this year they, the science teacher said, let's, let's, uh, science teacher on my team said, I don't want to do the, the four corners rotation thing anymore. Let's show them a video and then let's do some vocab activities related to the video. And we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll just do it. So I said, mm -hmm. okay, uh, you let me know what you need. And I'll, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So she picked a movie I'd never seen, uh, hidden figures. Uh, oh, I've now I sort see of seen one. it. I want to. See I won't spoil one. it for you. It, I like the movie a lot. It's good. I know what I'll, it I'll is. watch I it know. again. Yeah, I know what it's about. I just I really want to see it because yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I recommend watching it. Um, I now this time I'm going to watch it and I should be able to hear what they were saying this time. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, we didn't tell them that they uh, had. Um, uh, crypto girl wants to know what I'm doing this weekend. Um, I'm being stocked on WeChat by a crypto, uh, currency, uh, seller. Just so you know, guys, mm -hmm. you know, WeChat's a fun place to hang out. <laughs> um, everybody <laughs> has hobbies. <laughs> Mine is trolling some, cryptocurrencies. Some are a little WeChat. stranger than others, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I know I know it's a group of people because they can't keep my location straight, right? Second of all, but first of all, they post really cute pictures of the girlfriends, right? And what's not to enjoy about that? So anyway, I'm assuming it's their girlfriends. Um, so, so hidden uh, figures, you've hidden seen figures, it. <laughs> put together uh, a vocab list for it. We did a couple activities with it and then got to the point. Now, I should mention that there's a couple of teachers that are very anti uh, using H5P and Moodle and some other stuff just because they've heard kids complain. Well, seventh graders complain about anything and everything and, and to anybody who will listen and entertain it. Mm -hmm. And you find that with no matter what you use or what class it is, it, that happens. So I, uh, I said, well, I can take and I can make a crossword. And they said, well, we'll make a crossword and we'll print out about what we need about 120 copies. I said, no, we don't, we don't need any paper. I'll just, I'll just do it. And they're like, okay, well, we'll do that. We'll just put it in our back pocket, okay, in case we never need it. So that's fine. All right, whatever. Well, we needed it. And they said, all right, <laughs> do the crossword. So I did. I put it up there. And now I see I had made this crossword, and, and with the, the kids had not been in Moodle all week long, right? And mm -hmm. seventh graders tend to not go and do things that you don't tell them to do or it's going to be a grade. So we decided that we would do the crossword the next day. So I had the crossword all built, ready to go. And I didn't think, you know, oh, who's going to go in there? You know, all right. Some vocab thing. They're not going to, they're not going to want to, no, they're not going to do it. <laughs> so uh, they did it. Um, got up the next day and they said, all right, there's a crossword in Moodle. Go to your vocab Moodle and uh, you should see a crossword at the top. And here's what I'll do. I've got, and there's an activity I did with these Reese's peanut butter cups. I've got these six Reese's peanut butter cups left over. And I tell you what, you finish it and get it done. Get up here and show me or one of the teachers. And I've got, 
a Reese's Peanut Butter Buttercup or Mrs. Beach has a, a bucket you can pull a candy from. Mm-hmm. And um, all the kids went after it. And it, it the teachers that tell other teachers that they hate Moodle based on what they, the kids tell them, they're, they're just kind of, we're like, what's Slack? And they're like, oh, this is working. And it did. It worked really, really well. Amazing part was uh, after I had just said that and sat down and reached over to get the, the thing of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I'm doing this in front of the other teachers, a uh, kid comes up and shows it being done. It's like, okay, well, there you go. And she looked, the one teacher looked at me and looked at the kid and said, you're done? And the kid said, yeah, I saw I was on Moodle last night, so I just did it. Okay. Three others did the same. And she's like, wait a minute. They go, they go in and they, they just do it. I said, yeah, I don't have to, didn't have to tell them, I guess this could go pretty fast. She goes, she started to panic a little bit. Said, no, it's okay. It's all right. How this didn't. It's all right. And we did, we got a lot of mileage out of that crossword. The kids sat and talked and enjoyed each other's company and they worked on the vocab and they had fun figuring out the crossword puzzles. And I, I threw in a couple in there that involved the teacher's names and you know, that kind of threw them off for a second like oh wait no that's a teacher that's not from the movie Mm -hmm. and it was was, we had a lot of fun with it turned out to be a ton of fun that is and that's pretty cool that's uh one of those things and it's one of those things where you could have used restrict access right you could have said hey make this available as of whatever time, mm-hmm. or you could have just hidden it and you could have manually gone in and said, okay, make this one available now. Yeah. And, and I did this across two teacher accounts. So I did it for me and I did it for my, <laughs> so my, uh, my mentee is the other seventh grade soul studies teacher. And, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted me to have access to his Moodle class so that in case anything terribly, horribly sure. goes wrong, I could go in there and help. So, right. I, I told him, he goes, what do I need to do? I said, nothing. I took care of it for you. I just, I put it in mine, then I, I exported it and put it in yours. Oh, okay. Hmm. And he was fine with it. And and the kids all found it in the same location. They found it in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had it up on the screen, you know, said, and I put it in student mode so they could see what the student, their screen should look like mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, pointed to it right there. And the special ed kids were helping out the regular ed kids on where to find it. <laughs> that was fun. Go. That was fun. Oh, it's right there. See, it's always nice yeah. when the kids help each other. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had some fun with that this week. And what else did we do? I'm sure there's another Moodle story. You, you, well, you also did. Uh, you have a word that you shared last week or two weeks <laughs> ago. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yes. You remember? We talked about it in the show. Remember ipsodixitism? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it was two weeks ago. Could have been last week. It could have been. I think yeah. it was two weeks ago. Ipsodixitism. So. In case you missed that show, or <laughs> in case you missed that show, or yeah, or, or you know, you're in Maine and don't use those words regularly. Um, ipsodixitism is uh, considering something to be a fact simply because somebody else says it is so. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So. Um, I uh, I threw ipsodixitism into my mix of vocabulary practice. In in my vocabulary practice, they do a, a word search where they have to find the words. That's their that's their first um, handshake with the the vocab words. And then they do a dictation where I 
uh, say the word and then they have to spell it right and type it in. And then mm-hmm. I'll do a, uh, a, a say the word, speak the word where I put in the definition and then they have to look it up, find it up and then say the word into the computer. Well, this is where it got fun because apparently Google Chrome, which does the listening and identification of the word part of things for H5P, um, it doesn't know the word ipsodixitism. And, and, and seventh graders uh, have an unusual tenacity in some cases. So <laughs> they just kept going after it, trying to tell Chrome, this is what the word is, and you need to be giving me credit. And the best part is that while they're saying ipsodixitism and they're doing it correctly, other kids are turning to them and saying, no, it's ipsodixitism saying it the exact same way, but correcting them because it didn't work in <laughs> Google Chrome. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> they're practicing this word to each other and to Chrome. And the best part is they're telling Chrome they're right and the computer's wrong and they better get their stuff together. Um, it was it was uh, it was a wonderful thing to sit and just stand at the at the front of the room and watch it as it kind of floated around the room. Um, kids correcting each other, all pronouncing the word correctly, you know, and then trying to convince a computer that uh, they were right and the computer was wrong, which the computer can't hear them saying <laughs> that they're right and the computer's wrong. And it was it was one of those things where you step back and go, I, this, is, this, is my, "This is my Twilight Zone moment." There you it go. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed. I it. just. I, I like the that the the kids were were trying to teach Google Chrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, Best part. Yep. No. Ipsodixitism. Well, next next week is smell fungus. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. And where did where did you come up with this one? Smell fungus. It was one of the Susie Dent's words of the week. Okay. It was uh, it was on the show as well, but I think much longer ago. Okay, I just just wondered. So, yeah, that was okay. when when we talked about that. I thought that was that was fun. And, um, you have kids. Number one, that you have kids who are practicing their uh, social skill, their speaking skills. Sorry, their speaking skills in a way that they can get feedback <laughs> even, mm-hmm. though, <laughs> even though the feedback is a little tough on this one made for an interesting kind of situation right yeah so. the feedback didn't come from the computer it came from the people around them <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to, to not leave everybody hanging a smell fungus is a fault finder a complainer and a grumbler well so there you go fun. You probably know several smell fungi if you teach seventh grade or eighth grade or sixth grade or Mm -hmm. actually pretty much anywhere in life. There's a whole bunch of smell fungi. So uh, smell fungus, that's the that's the word next week. Cool. And just to go back real quick, you're using H5P for the kids to practice. Are you using H5P speak the words? Is that what you're using? Okay. Yep. Yep. if I'm going to steal something, I would just want to, as much information on what I'm stealing as possible. So, <laughs> make well, sure in I your steal case, the right thing. 
you could probably talk to a guy and, and get it sent to you as a backup file. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And when I'm talking to the guy, I might want to check out the social web. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, I saw this one this week and I said, you know, there's a podcaster. His wife would like totally go for this one. I'm going to throw mm -hmm. in the show so he can share mm -hmm. it with her. Yep. Because she likes stuff like this. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was uh, Help a Teacher. Uh, at help a teacher and they just simply said this is adorable and it's a it's a picture that someone took of their son waiting for the school bus and then when they walked by they saw this and it was the dog holding the kid's hand waiting for the bus mm -hmm. and that was cute i don't know if it's it cute rigged or you know staged or what but it's it's just got you know cuteness and every now and then you need to share something with a cuteness factor for your teammates and Oh, I thought this was a good one. Success Bound. I don't know if you've heard of Success Bound. They're, I think they're based out of Ohio, if I remember right. Success Bound uh, at successbound or successbound.org uh, is middle school strong, celebrating middle level education this month. This year's theme is hashtag empowered, hashtag student, and at AMLE is centering the voices of students. Uh, learn how you can amplify the voices of your students by clicking at that link that's in the show notes. And then you can also steal the pick because they're sharing that. So steal the pick. This is We Are Middle School Strong. And it's got amle.org slash M-L-E-M. So um, uh, grab that. And don't forget, this month is Middle Level Education Month. So get out there and show the world what middle schoolers can do. Yes. Yes, they have a negative stereotype a lot of times. Uh, and the only way to change a negative stereotype is to have a positive encounter with somebody from that group. So this is your chance to get them out there and change stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Alex Lindsay posted something and I thought, you know, I ought to run this by, I ought to run this by Troy. So I, I throw this in the show notes for, for any valuation moment from <laughs> okay. Troy Patterson, Alex Lindsay at Alex Lindsay replying to at Technology Laura, I've built hundreds of presentations on three platforms over the last 20 years. I think Troy's actually done it on more than that. Uh, scores, mm -hmm. Keynote, 9 out of 10. PowerPoint, 4 out of 10. Slides, and I think he's referring to Google Slides here, mm -hmm. 3 out of 10. Once you build stacks or decks in Keynote, going to other platforms is like going from first class to economy. You still get from point A to point D, but style is gone. Now, you, you at one point used Keynote, and I think you've used HyperCards and HyperDeck and some other things. And oh, you also God, use yes. Slides. God, yes. I've used Keynote, PowerPoint, Slides, um, Prezi. Remember when oh, Prezi that's right. was? I remember Prezi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was, uh, oh, there's, a, there's been a couple of other ones. As well, there's also the PowerPoint one in LibreOffice. Oh, I yeah. I remember yep, yep. what it, I think it's just presentation. I think it was presentation there. Um, so, yeah I, yeah, I know that he is very, very big on Keynote and loves Keynote and all that. Yes. Um, and I will say that you can do more, a little more polish in Keynote. Um, you know, PowerPoint, if you're good at PowerPoint, you can make it look pretty nice. Um, 
I'm not sure I would go from nine down to four down to three. Um, you can do a lot in slides. The other thing that I would say is that uh, most, how can I say this? So there's a comedian who does the death by PowerPoint thing, Don, I, I can't remember his last name, starts with an M right now. And the, I think the problem is, is that most people don't really do slide decks. They do speaker notes. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, you can do a lot. You, you can do a lot of polish in that. In Keynote, you can make things look a lot better. I would agree with that. Um, and I think most people... Don't bother, too many people don't bother doing that. So, at least many of the ones that I see. They're speaker notes. <laughs> and they're not, they're not working to make it look better. So, you know. But yeah, I think in, in general, I would agree. Keynote is much more polished than the other other options. You can take the Midwest kid out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of the kid. I'm just going to say that here. Okay. You're a nice guy. I don't Thanks. care what the others say. You're a nice guy. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and, and for the love of God, oh man, I know there was a time when, when Prezi became the thing and it was just like, whoa, yeah, he just, whoa, whoa. There was a, you could also do, I've also done presentations in view which was a great open source project, which is kind of dead. It was from uh, Dartmouth. It was a college oh. thing. They had, it was really, really neat. It could do all kinds of things, but it was, wasn't was exactly as user-friendly and discoverable as how you did things. So, But it was awesome in terms of um, some mind mapping things. It had kind of a couple different things you could do with it. So you could add that into the list of things that I have presented with. Okay. Um, yeah. Hyper Studio. It's a, you probably did Hyper Studio. Mm -hmm. And that's still that's true. You can get that. Yep. Just checked it out I've, just now. I've even done some um, presentations that were basically HTML based that were just that were web pages. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, just you put buttons and links and just next and go to the next web page kind of thing. So then would Flash count as, we're going off into the weeds, I get that, but Flash, you'd count Flash as a presentation tool? Um, I don't think I wrote in Flash, though. Well, all right, so maybe because I did use... Fireworks and Director, and I think I did a presentation in Director. Uh -huh. There you then, go. You know, it was, but that was more HTML. I think that was a, an example of HTML, and then it was okay. packaged. We'll count that as a subset. So, and while we're talking about presentations, you have a presentation next week or two, two. to do as well. Yeah, two. So yeah, I got kind of doing to two. In doing two, I was going to do one, and then I. I I hoisted myself on my own petard and I'm doing two. 
one of which I probably should finish up this weekend. But um, yeah, I'm doing one on advisory and I'm doing one on H5P. And that's cool. And uh, I think I'm going to propose doing another H5P presentation at Actum next fall. So cool. Um, and the H5P presentation, I think that I, I kind of do it in is an example. So if you're doing it as an, like an example in Moodle, is that a using Moodle as a? <laughs> Ooh. Well, there's in H5P, there is a course presentation thing. That's true. So you could add that one in. So there also there will be no show planned for next week, um, as well as you are off enlightening others. I'm just going to have fun. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I got some family up there who's actually going to be at the uh, at the conference, and so I'm going to get a chance to hang out with cousins, and I'm looking forward That's to it. That's cool. That's cool. How many of those have you used? Cousins? No, presentations. Oh. Um, that I've been to or that I've given? Which um, tools have you used? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Which tools? I've used uh, Keynote, Slides, um, PowerPoint, and that's, uh, that's about it. Uh, and I, I really don't like PowerPoint. That's just personal preference. Uh, slides, if I have to, I use it. Um, but I'd like uh, Keynote because um, I like the workflow. Mm-hmm. I, I You've find been big low. on Keynote for a long time, too. I, I am. I am biased. Um, I straight up admit that I prefer Keynote above all others. But I, the reason I like Keynote is because it uh, makes my workflow so much easier. I'm already a, a scatterbrain as it is, but Keynote helps me. I can be scatterbrained and be and do a Keynote. That's interesting because I know Alex Lindsay's talked about his own <laughs> lack of focus sometimes. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons that he likes keynote. Could be, could be because I can, I can go off on tangents and then come back and pick mm -hmm. up where I left off. If you do that in slides, it's a little more difficult. It's not much harder. It's just, but it's just the, the workflow is a little more clunky. That's all. Um, and I've been doing, uh, I've done a lot of presentation in slides because in my previous world, we didn't have a lot of Macs. And since I was mm -hmm. teaching others and they had access to slides mm -hmm. and students had access to slides, I felt it was best to do presentations and the tools that they are using as well. You know, I so. just export it as a PDF and give it to them. Right. It's not but the again, same. I, was, I know that. I was teaching them how to. Oh, do you? Yeah, I was do, also do teaching slides. them how to do things, and since I was teaching them how to do things, it just seems like using one tool and then saying, "Well, you know, you can create these," and it's like, "But you didn't. You use that. So why can't I use that?" So buy your own Mac. But now, now I'm on them. Yeah. That's why. That's why I was. You know. That's why. But, I, but that's you, one reason I've always been big on Mac, and my district now has a lot of Mac, so we can do that. You've stuck with slides, though, haven't you? Um, I don't do as many presentations. Uh, most of the presentations that I do are 
not um not really slideshow based in other words oh, okay. like it's it's mostly like instructional showing them how to use a tool so i use the tool right so right i mean i might i might have right. a slide that has my name on it <laughs> and the the name of the thing and then that's it <laughs> after that it's like okay we're going to do this thing now so i go in and show them that cool also cool is you could build a book well okay you don't have to build a book in in those things but somebody who has built a book is um um uh amber chandler amber amber yes amber chandler um and Middleweb highlighted her SEL uh, classroom movie magic uh, book. It's called uh, Movie Magic in the in the Classroom. It is incorporating SEL into um, into your lessons or into your, it could be good for advisory as well. Um, it's a feel good movie magic in the classroom. It prepares any teacher to guide students through ten films that address a range of SEL topics. And I should mention, Amber is a fan of Middle School Matters, and so. We love plugging uh, her book for uh, as, a, as a fan of the show. Cool. So there you go. Uh, Susie Dent. Remember I talked about Susie, Susie Dent earlier? Well, here's yes. some Susie Dentisms for you, okay? <laughs> um, I wonder if this part of the show should be called Dental Work. Oh. That would be I a cool like title. It. I okay, like all right. that. I yeah, like yeah, whenever we get those, we'll just say this is the dental part of the show. Um, word of the day, and there's two of them because obviously more than one word of the day or more than one day this week. Um, word of the day is vertumnal. I don't know if you've heard that before, vertumnal. But vertumnal is a 17. You've heard it? Mm-hmm. You probably used it, actually, back when mm. you're just a wee sprite of a thing. You, it, you know. Probably, uh, yeah. And <laughs> when it was a new word out, yes, that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for those of you who are, might be new to the show, um, uh, Troy's the old man here on the show. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 17th century word. Spring-like or giving a foretaste of spring, as in the early buds in the garden, or the the swelling of birdsong. A nod to Vertumnus, the god of changing of the changing seasons. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Uh, another word of the day this week was apanthropy. I came close to giving this one to the kids. Apanthropy. It's an 18th century word, and it means the desire to be far away from other people. I'm going to drop this one down for Easter break. Going to tell them I am ready for apanthropy. And that would be appropriate. That would be a good time for that one. Yeah. Uh, Kara Priest Bullock dropped the picture. Uh, if you're uh, familiar with Downton Abbey, uh, the, the Dowager uh, uh, on the show, she dropped some really good lines. And this is a good one that I think maybe should show up in my classroom. It says, uh, vulgarity is no substitute for wit. And then uh, Fat Boy Natural Barbecue. And I think this is more of an advertisement, but you know, I thought it was pretty good. And I thought, you know, there's, there's, there's one person on the show who could appreciate the way this is written. And he's, and, and, and fat boy natural says, my pig was sick last week, but now he's cured. And uh, in the picture are one, two, three, four, five, six, what several sides of bacon and sausage. He's cured. Mm. 
I would take the uh, that vulgarity is no substitute for wit image. Yeah. Put it into a glossary. <gasps> and there you go. Have, uh, get a collection of those and then do a random glossary entry or or the glossary entry block so that it could be in the top right hand side the kids would see it every once in a while and just kind of remind them of it oh yeah that's what i would do with it so all right um holograms are kind of cool and kids kind of enjoy holograms this is well and steve mold has uh, made a handmade hologram. And he walks you through how to make a handmade hologram and the differences. And it shows how holograms are made. And the, the, the concept is the same, whether it's professional professionally done or whether it is handmade done. So I just thought that was kind of cool to share how that is done and works. And um, I just thought it was neat. So you've got a link to that. Um, Nancy Joe Sales over at The Guardian has an article. The, the title of the article is Teen Girls Are Struggling. They Need Our Help. And this is an interesting article. I think it comes from a very specific perspective, so be aware of that. But um, this talks about girls and young women are, are reporting rising rates of suicide, depression, and sexual violence in North America. And a lot of it has to do with social media. So... I think this is an interesting article to read through. It's something that you might want to decide to share with parents or um, certain parents. But I think it's something that we need to be aware of because I think these are much bigger issues and societal issues and how we are, how we portray girls and what messages that we send to them and what we're expecting from them. Um, but this also comes from a CDC youth risk behavior survey. Um, this is noted there. Um, and there's some some interesting points that, that they bring up as well. And Hazel would like to be part of the show this week. Welcome, so welcome she, to Hazel. <laughs> she is uh, she's seen something here. So I would definitely read through this before you um, share it. So I would definitely read through this before I um, shared it with anyone. But I think it's important that teachers know about it. And I think it's something we need to address, again, on a larger issue. But I think teachers need to be aware of this and thoughtful of it um, and be clear on um, be clear on how it is what messages that we're sending there are a few things that I think are really important uh, in terms of you know how we teach us history 
U.S. history, we tend not to include a lot of women in history, even though women were very, very involved in a lot of things. They just mm -hmm. kind of get sussed right out of history, and the um, students don't hear about them or know the impact and the contributions that they made, which leads to all kinds of different issues as well. Um, also talks a little bit about like going forward and chatbots and AI as well. And, you know, what are some potential issues that could arrive with there, arise there as well. So, so I think it's, a, I think it's a worthy read as well. Um, there is a teacher in Dearborn, um, Sawal Maori, who has published a book, and Sawal is absolutely wonderful, um, just an incredible hu human being. So um, she is, uh, I would like to make people aware that she has a book, and it is about Belquis, who lives in Old Sana ancient city in Yemen. Um, and the book looks interesting. I have it on the way here, but I did want to share it. There's a link there. It's called Under Sana Skyline. Um, and you can check it out if uh, you're interested in a uh, book that I'm absolutely positive is wonderful. So, um, we've talked before about paper airplanes and paper airplanes a bunch of different activities that you can do with paper airplanes as well correct it was during one of our flights of fancy yes yes one of our flights of fancy it's been a while mm -hmm. since we've talked about um, paper airplanes but it's true uh, there's some good there's some good uh, advisory activities around paper airplanes as well so maybe next week for the advisory activity, you can pull one of those out and have them make paper airplanes and throw them around the room. And one of the things you could do is there mm -hmm. is a new world record for paper plane flight distance. Yeah? Yeah. A couple What's of the... uh, Boeing engineers <laughs> have set a new world record. For 88.318 meters. That's, for, that's, that's, that's wow. For those of us that still live in the United States and never did convert to uh, <laughs> the metric system, that's almost 290 feet. Yeah, wow. The, one of the things that I thought was interesting, though, and I would share with kids, is that they studied origami and aerodynamics for months. They put in four to 500 hours creating different prototypes to design a plane that could fly higher and longer. So, you know, a lot of times kids are like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and not realizing the amount of effort and time that goes into developing and doing that. So I would share that with the, with the kids as well. Um, 
we also have there's a YouTube video uh, it's a TED ed on how will AI change the world and this is the one of the things that really discusses the differences between artificial intelligence and humans and how currently artificial intelligence is basically designed to solve a problem so it will solve that problem without regards to anything else whatsoever um, so I, I think as we talk about ai and how ai is impacting education um, remember that part as well so and then uh just a kind of an fyi teachers pay teachers has been bought did you buy it, Sean? I I thought about it for a hot second, and then I turned it down, uh, mostly because of the cost. <laughs> mostly because of the cost. Um, so just kind of FYI, uh, IXL Learning has yeah. purchased Teachers Pay Teachers. So I don't know. They say it's not going to make any difference. You know, they're just... They're not going to, like, close it down or anything. They, they say they're just going to, um, you know, kind of redouble the efforts of, uh, of making it successful kind of thing. So um, they are not going to put it in timeout. That's true. But, you know, there are some places that are putting TikTok in timeout and uh hmm. matter of fact tiktok is putting itself in timeout sort of access the culture translator is reporting that tiktok is going to be adding parental control features where you can limit it to um 60 minutes uh a day for users under 18. there is a catch <laughs> there is a catch if the kids signed up for it and they are quote unquote the parent authority in it they can just turn it off <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it goes away. It's not not an issue mm -hmm. anymore. But the for parents who have maintained control, they can they can do this, or you know, they mm -hmm. can. There's a number of other things they can do to limit it as well. So TikTok is putting in some quote unquote parental controls, um, based on my experience in the uh, People's Republic of China. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't put this on. I wouldn't put this on a dog collar. Um, but you know. Different people have different levels of um, privacy. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I'm getting stalked by uh, Lisa here, who's for the third time after I told her, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do crypto, trying to convince me I should, should still try crypto. And I'm just waiting for the next message that says, and you should buy from me, right? You mm -hmm. know, somebody that I don't know on WeChat of all places. So anyway, um, so TikTok announced it'll institute a limit of 60 minutes a day for users under 18. And then, then there was something called Instagore, right? And what it is, the Washington Report, Washington Report, Washington Post is reporting that Instagram reels featuring disturbing and violent content are being reposted to large meme accounts that have hundreds of thousands of teen followers. And I like this quote from the article. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and, and do the quote. Understand that the next section here is a quote from excuse me, from their, uh, their, their newsletter. In C.S. Lewis's book, the, Mag the Magician's Nephew, 
The children, Polly and Diggory, are met with a choice to ring a bell and bide the danger or ignore it and forever wonder what might have happened if they did. Diggory rings the bell, justifying his actions with the words, we can't get out of it now. We shall always be wondering what else would have happened if we had, uh, if we had struck the bell. I'm not going home to be driven mad by always thinking of that. The result of his actions is the arrival of the White Witch in Narnia and a regret that Diggory comes, uh, uh, that carries with him the rest of his life. Uh, sometimes it's okay to be ignorant and not mm -hmm. know. And uh, our kids being exposed to uh, levels of violence isn't necessarily doing them any good by knowing. Sometimes the innocence of childhood is a beautiful thing. So I thought that was an interesting uh, post. Uh, it comes from Access to Culture Translator. You can sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every Friday. Um, have you, I know you're, you're, you're a podcast uh, uh, connoisseur. I do listen to a few podcasts, yes. Yeah, and, and have you listened to National Geographic's Greeking Out podcast series? I have not. It is, I'm, as an adult, granted, I also teach. Um, I get a kick out of it. I like this. It's very well done. It's very creatively done. I use it as an example for my students to say, this is what a podcast could be. And mm -hmm. um, they, my kids are starting to discover Foley work and Twisted Wave and some other things. Uh, but this is very, 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 very well done. It's good for classrooms. It's good for kids, especially for getting to understand uh, mythology because they started with Greek mythology and now they're branching out into other forms of mythology. So they're just going to kind of keep the whole mythology thing uh, rolling. Uh, it's very well done. I think they're on their third or fourth season. Um, it, it's it's well done. Sound effects are good. The premise is good. Uh, cool. It's entertaining. It's written on multiple levels. Kids will enjoy it. Parents will enjoy it. So uh, give it a give it a, a, a listen. I use it with my my class. I um, I put a bunch of them in there, and we talked about restricting options or restricting action, restricting actions. I have like twenty in my in my Moodle at the very top mm -hmm. of the of the page, but you have to listen to one, and when you finish it, then the next one opens up. So you can't mm -hmm. listen to uh, you can't all of them aren't on the page all at one time. Um, after you listen to one, then the next one will open up and you have to listen all the way to the end. So you can't just like, <laughs> click, 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 and get all the way to, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, so it's a structured playlist. Um, yeah. And you know what? You could listen to it while you're on the interstate going to, from state to state, drinking some <laughs> pop. <laughs> Ooh, there was an awful lot of, uh. <laughs> There's an awful lot behind that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is. Um, I, I I thought this this was interesting. Not sure I agree with everything in this one, but that's okay. This is the most popular slang words by state. Ooh. So the most popular um, girlfriend boyfriend slang word. This is so. This is interesting. The most popular girlfriend slash boyfriend slang word in every state. Um, for Michigan, you want to guess what it is? Uh, it's so small I can't even read it. Um, popular. <laughs> this is just for boyfriend girlfriend. That's what it says. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, honey. Uh, baby daddy. 
no, 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 that's <laughs> no that that has meaning here. Um, right. You, you don't want to be called that. Right. Maine is sweetie. Pennsylvania okay. is cutie. Um, Virginia, North Carolina is shorty. There are quite a few bays as well. And there's some booze. Oh. So, you know, boo. How about the most uniquely popular gaming slang word? Um, gaming. I'm going to guess noob. Uh, noob. It, that that's South Carolina is noob. Uh, I Michigan is Michigan Carolina. is loot. Uh, oh. Maine is GG. Good they game. also have okay. uh, oh this one is appropriate since <laughs> with with what else you have going on um, mm -hmm. most uniquely popular crypto slang words. Oh okay. Um, Michigan and Texas are the same. Oh, that's interesting. And, and so yeah. is Washington, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't want to use that word in a Chinese app. No. No, because no, no. uh, put that with Qingdao, and now we're talking about beer. That's right. And, and another popular one is NFT, which is quite a few, oh, yeah. quite a few states. Um, Airdrop is popular as well. Um Gen Z popular slang words and hip hop popular slang words. Um, and then if you scroll all the way to the bottom, they have a um, table of all of them as well. So you can, and you can uh, group them if you want. For their methodology, by the way, they did use um, tweets. So they uh, used. Okay. They geotagged tweets from each state and mm -hmm. filtered them to remove duplicates and non-English language posts. So, you know, that's where this comes from. So kind of interesting as well. The other thing that's interesting is all of the information over at middleschoolmatters.com. We've got uh, all the jokes there. I think we have, uh, there might have been a joke or two that we skipped We've got links to everything that we've talked about and sometimes more. And of course, you can search for past shows. You can search for topics that you are interested in or words that you are interested in as well. We would love it if you would go to the pod catcher of your choice. Give us a five-star rating. Tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. Um, and remember, there's no show next week. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So until then, this has been Middle School Matters or Middle School Educators Who Care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer. <laughs>